Now that we've had a look at some of the top stories that are moving markets overnight and some key levels in the indices to keep an eye on, let's bring in Carly Garner, the senior commodity strategist and broker at DCarly Trading. Carly, thanks for giving us part of your Thursday. Let's begin with the Nord Stream 1 pipeline. There was some uh, debate in terms of whether uh, after this maintenance we would see flows continue. It does seem like they have, but I'm hearing still only around 40%. Right. I mean, I think we had some uh, risk premium, obviously, built into natural gas, but also it appears we had some in crude oil, the way the market's selling yeah. off on the news in yeah. oil. Um, and, you know, energy has been weaponized, and I, it's understandable that speculators would expect a continuation of that. So, I mean, obviously, uh, this is a story that's day by day, and we'll, that's all we can – can't predict what's going to happen in the future, but we can – uh, you know, take a look at the chart and see what we think might happen in the next couple of days. And that's really the best you can do. This is just a really unprecedented environment. And, and it's tough to guess what happens beyond uh, a couple of days or even a couple of weeks. Carly, I think it's a great way of explaining the situation at hand. Uh, I mean, again, I was actually a little bit confused this morning. I was like, is this a natural gas pipeline or a crude oil pipeline? And I heard a natural gas, but I was looking at the price activity and we're, we're having it on the screen here right now. You can see back down through 99 with conviction all the way down to 94.50. And uh, just to put things on a bigger picture's perspective here, you can see again in terms of where things stand, we're at this lower extreme of the range that we've been in since that spike up we saw back at the end of February and March. Now, I'm also hearing that there's something about this part that they're waiting for, and so uh, there could be some excuses here if Putin wanted to uh, further restrict some of the flows ultimately. That, that, as you mentioned, basically, this is a fluid situation, and uh, we need to stay tuned to the headlines because it's not over. This is a developing story. Absolutely. So what at times like this, I think the best thing we can do is just pay attention to the chart. It's really uh, quite interesting. If you look at a chart of crude oil, it's the exact opposite of what we saw earlier in the year. Earlier in the year, it, trade was extremely choppy, but we consistently made higher highs and lower, uh, and I'm sorry, higher lows. And now we've done the flip of that. We're mm -hmm. at each uh, zigzag on the way down, it's extremely volatile and intense. If you happen to get caught a little earlier, a little late on a trade, you're you're in trouble. But the reality is we're making lower highs. And I think that that probably continues overall. Uh, yesterday, we had a pretty good chance of breaking out above $100 a barrel on the September contract. It failed to do that. Uh, so that holds the downtrend line. And to me, it looks like if this pattern continues, which it appears it's going to. Uh, that could put us in the 85 area here the mm. next couple of days. So uh, watch out below. Another thing to keep in mind is the COT report suggests that there's fewer people long crude oil, or I should say large speculators. There's fewer speculators long crude oil now than we've seen in the last year, but they're still long mm. even after this big sell-off. I mean, in reality, we've gone from 130 to $90. That's a real on the front month contracts if you if you uh, compare different months. So that's a really big move. And the fact that about 60 to 70% of people based on consensus estimates are still bullish tells me that we're not quite done washing out some of those we can. So I think 85 is a pretty reasonable target here in the next week. Noted. And to your credit, Carly, uh, you had been talking about how these prices were uh, elevated throughout the uh, war on Ukraine. The run-up we saw to 130, as we held up around 120, you were somewhat suspect of it, it seemed. Not so much in terms of the viability or the reality of prices at these levels, but more so uh, the sustainability in terms of uh, uh, over the longer term. And we've seen prices come off significantly here, so we'll continue to watch crude but uh, that being said, I mean, we're still talking about crude oil at roughly $100 a barrel and the impact that has on inflation. And we're seeing it again across the board in terms of some of the actions on behalf of central banks. I mean, it's significant. It's a, a consideration at the very least. 
Absolutely. In, in fact, energy is probably the primary source of inflation. I mean, housing is a big component as well, but everything that we do or consume, whether it's goods or services, has uh, is, is in some way affected by energy. So it, it is a big deal. And it is very relative, right? Uh, last year, we would have considered $90 crude to be yeah. extremely expensive, yeah. and now it almost seems cheap. So uh, things have changed very quickly. And again, it's a fluid situation. So take it day by day and hope that you don't get caught up in the in the wash. Yeah, I'm actually just checking here in terms of uh, AAA. It looks like the national average right now at 444, down from uh, a month ago at 496, but still up from a year ago at 316. Um, normally, Carly, we'd be cheering on lower prices at the pump, lower crude oil prices, but not if it means that a recession's coming or, or ultimately we're facing demand destruction. Right. And I think, unfortunately, I mean, there is some supply coming online. Rig counts are going up, that sort of thing. So supply is very, very, very slowly right. making it to the market. And some of the Russian oil, is, we, as we now know, is making it to the, oil, to the market as well. That said, uh, unfortunately, crude oil, the primary sell-off or the primary selling is probably demand destruction as opposed to a supply fix. So that's not necessarily what we want to see. It is taking down prices, but maybe for the wrong reasons. Uh, I do, I can see that just in the price action, it appears there's a lot of speculative buying in anticipation of China opening back up. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that's being taken out of the market because China's gone from a COVID story to a lack of growth story. And that's really just flipped the psychology in the market, and which is why I think we're going to continue to see lower highs. I mean, crude oil can put together some pretty big bounces and wash out a lot of the shorts. But in, in the overall scheme of things, I think that uh, as long as the economic data in both the U.S. and China continues to be a little bit questionable, I think the, the overall trend in oil is probably going to be lower for now. Carl, you mentioned how energies and, uh, well, you mentioned housing for that matter, a major factor when you're talking about inflation. I mean, we all have to fill our cars, uh, cars full of gasoline to get to work. We all have to live somewhere. Ultimately, we know rent's on the rise and so are interest rate payments. You know, at the top of the show, I mentioned an interesting divergence. We've seen the VIX taking out the lows from last month. You would normally expect to see the ES up near those highs from last month, but that's up around 4,200, a significant, uh, uh, you know, level above and we're well off that still at this point. But I've also been noticing an interesting divergence as well. You're talking about copper versus crude. I mean, copper looking at if lower this week, it'd be its seventh week in a row to the downside, trying to kind of uh, ward that off right now at this point. But crude still in that range, I guess I'm sort of looking at these and wondering, is copper overdone it to the downside or is crude to have a little bit of uh, uh, room to play catch down, I guess in this instance it would be. Right. Uh, in my view, crude oil has a little bit to catch up on the downside. Okay. Copper is a copper is a freight train on the way up and on the way down. Okay. Uh, we've seen some really wild corrections in copper, and I don't. We're oversold, and you know, three dollars is psychological support in copper. But I don't think we're done. My guess is just based on what I've seen in copper historically, it's not done until it literally washes out the last bull. Hmm. And I think that's going to happen probably somewhere closer to two seventy five, two eighty, not three dollars. Hmm. We're looking at it right now, if we could pull this weekly time frame here, because it really speaks to, as you mentioned, the freight train and the, uh, well, runaway in many instances through the yard here. You can see, as I mentioned, six weeks in a row to the downside and only up three in, it looks like, what, the last uh, 14. So coming off that spike above $5, which failed. I just want to point out here in terms of this freight train move that you were talking about, the high conviction trade as we broke out of this range, out of this balance, after a huge run-up, keep in mind, that we saw throughout the spring, uh, off the pandemic low spring of 2020. A very similar pattern, Carly, to what we saw in 2009, if you remember, a huge run-up into that $485 level. And then again, uh, it came off with conviction. You could see that sharp sell-off back to $3 in this instance, almost 
identical patterns here playing out. Talk to us about what you're seeing in gold. We've got uh, the dollar, which is still off those highs from last week, up around 109. But I saw gold taking a hit here this morning back down to the 1680 level last I looked. Yeah, you know, it's gold is just one of those uh, markets this year that just has not worked and has not yeah. behaved in traditional manner. I mean, yeah. fundamentals are, are almost just being completely ignored at this point. I think it's a, a situation where we're getting we're just seeing liquidation. Um, you know, first, the story was the treasuries are selling off. Interest rates are going higher. So gold needs to sell off. And then it was a dollar story. Well, all those those things are starting to work themselves out and gold still can't yeah. get out of its own way. So it's uh, it's a little bit frustrating, obviously, for anybody that's long. I do following these markets as long as I have, I can tell you that when gold goes into liquidation mode, it it's relentless as we're seeing now. But when it ends, it turns on a dime and anyone that uh, anyone that's out that wants to be in is left chasing prices higher. So it's a really, really tough environment. Um, I think we're probably getting pretty close to at least some sort of a base, but at the same time, um, you know, fighting this trend is, has not worked out well. So be careful, make sure you mind your downside risk. Good advice here. We're looking at uh, the move lower just over the last couple weeks here, 1750 down to again, actually below 1680 this morning. Now that I look at 1678, a step back shows the daily time frame, similar to crude, kind of testing this lower extreme of a long-term range. And we just looked at how copper was rifling through that lower extreme there. So maybe copper is telling us something about gold and crude here, ultimately some more downside momentum. And speaking of that, you can see how we're out at the lower extreme of this range and that we've been in basically since posting those highs, uh, all-time highs up around 2100. Carly, lastly, before we let you get out of here, I know you watch uh, not just energies, not just metals. In terms of grains, the other softs, is there anything that uh, stands out to you this morning that we should be keeping an eye on? So in the grain markets, sometimes it's as simple as rain makes grain. If we're getting some favorable weather, yeah. uh, markets in liquidation mode, it doesn't help that crude oil and some of the other risk assets are having a tough time. So. My best guess is that the, the short-term weakness or the short-term pain is not over for grains, okay. but at some point here in the next four weeks, six weeks, we're going to be finding some seasonal lows. And so I'd be on the lookout for some uh, buying opportunities, not yet, but soon. Okay, I just want to pull a chart here, and I think in this instance, corn's probably a good example of the other two, wheat and beans, all three holding below the 50-day moving average. You can see the declines off highs from earlier this spring on the Russia uh, war on Ukraine spikes we saw, and kind of much like uh, in terms of the basket of commodities that we talk about, all have really retreated significantly. Carly, always a pleasure to have you joining us here. A great breakdown in terms of what to keep an eye on as far as commodities. Carly Garner is a senior commodity strategist and broker at D. Carly Trading. We're